Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. Today's podcast is brought to you by newspapers.com, the ultimate destination for exploring the mysteries of the past. If you're fascinated by true crime, get ready to dive into the stories that made headlines. Newspapers.com offers a billion pages of historical newspapers from the U.S. and beyond, and you can search the entire collection in seconds. Their vast newspaper collection is a goldmine for eyewitness accounts, crime scene photos, news reports, and more. Whether you're interested in famous crimes or long-forgotten cases, Newspapers.com gives you a front-row seat to more than 300 years of history. For our listeners, Newspapers.com has a special offer. Use the code CUPOFMURDER for an exclusive 20% discount on your subscription. That's promo code CUPOFMURDER at Newspapers.com. Sign up today and start unraveling the true crime mysteries that keep you up at night. There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cup of murder. The holidays are supposed to be a time of love and family gathering. But on March 30th, 1975... An entire family would have their lives ended while spending time together celebrating Easter Sunday. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, step back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. James Rupert was born to a mother who wanted a little girl and made her wishes very well known, and a father with a violent temper who showed very little affection to his sons. So pretty early on, James was negatively shaped by his parents. And when his father died in 1947, when he was just 12 years old, his older brother, 14-year-old Leonard Jr., took over as a father figure. Things didn't seem to improve with his father's death, his brother taking over and exchanging beatings for constant ridicule. And just four years later, James had run away from home and attempted to take his own life. When he was unsuccessful, he returned home and the family he hated. From there, James grew up into adulthood, with many describing him as a modest, helpful man who was both quiet and completely unremarkable. Now, while many would hate for people to use the word unremarkable to describe their lives, it did mean that James kept out of trouble and seemed to live a completely normal life. But while he was unremarkable... Having dropped out of college and unmarried, worked on and off as a draftsman, still living with his mother, his older brother Leonard was looked at as quite remarkable, at least to his mother. 
He went off to college, got an electrical engineering degree, married the love of his life, who just so happened to be the ex-girlfriend of his little brother, owned his own home, and had eight beautiful children. And just like when they were kids, his mother Charity made it no secret her frustrations with her younger son. She mocked and chastised him for his inability to keep a job and constant drinking, and threatened to kick him out of the family home on more than one occasion. Not just that, but James owed a considerable amount of money to both his brother and mother after losing almost all of his money in the stock market crash of 1973 through 74. James really didn't seem to have everything together, and his frustrations and jealousy were about to get the best of him in March of 1975. On the night of March 29, 1975, his 41st birthday, James went out to one of his normal drinking haunts after being seen shooting tin cans along the riverbanks in Hamilton, Ohio, and ranted to an employee about his demanding mother. He complained that she planned on evicting him because instead of paying her the rent she asked for, he was buying beer seven days a week. He left the bar around 2.30 a.m. on Easter Sunday and stumbled his way back to his mother's house and into his bed. That morning, Leonard Jr., his wife Alma, and their eight children got together for Sunday service dressed in their Easter best. And when they were finished, went back to Charity's home on Minor Avenue to finish celebrating the holiday. The kids ran through the front lawn collecting eggs while James stayed upstairs sleeping off the incredible amount of beer he drank the night before. When the egg hunt was over, the children began playing in the home while Charity, Leonard Jr., and Alma worked in the kitchen to prepare them their lunch. At around 4 p.m., James finally woke up, loaded his 357 Magnum, two 22 caliber handguns, and a rifle, walked downstairs, entered the kitchen, and shot his 42-year-old brother. He then turned the gun on his 38-year-old sister-in-law, who lunged for him in an attempt to protect her family, and 65-year-old mother, before moving on to his nephew, David, 11, and nieces, Teresa and Carol, who were 8 and 13. He then walked into the living room where the rest of his nephews and niece were playing and killed 12-year-old Anne, his last remaining niece, and her four brothers, 17-year-old Leonard III, 16-year-old Michael, 15-year-old Thomas, and 4-year-old John. All but one suffered from three gunshot wounds to the chest to ensure that they were dead, and the only sign of any struggle was a single overturned trash can. In total, 11 members of the Rupert family lost their lives over the course of just five minutes in what would soon be dubbed the Easter Sunday Massacre, the deadliest shooting to ever occur in a private home in American history. After waiting with the bodies of his family for about three hours, James Rupert called the police and reported the shooting. When they arrived, he was waiting outside for them. When the authorities walked inside, there was so much blood in the Rupert home that it was seeping from the first floor into the basement. In total, 35 rounds were shot. One shot to debilitate, another in the head or chest to kill, and a third for good measure. James Rupert was handcuffed and taken away, telling police, my mother drove me crazy by always combing my hair, talking to me like I was a baby, and tried to make me into a homosexual. James was charged that same day with 11 counts of aggravated homicide, and refused to cooperate with the police, making it clear his intentions to plead insanity. Prosecutors said that they believed his plan was to plead insanity, then claimed to be cured so he could be released and inherit the $300,000 inheritance that was promised to him. 
thus starting the three-ring circus of his trial. Thus starting his three-ring circus of a trial. The media went wild as hundreds showed up at the Rupert home to get a view of the murder site. In fact, a year after the murder, it was opened up to the public and all of the items inside were auctioned off. It was then cleaned, recarpeted, and sold to a family from out of town who were completely unaware of what happened in their new home. They would later claim that the reason they moved out of the home was that they heard voices and believed it was haunted. At his trial, James was found guilty of all 11 counts of murder and sentenced to life imprisonment. But because the trial was held in Hamilton, the city where the murder and all of the media attention occurred, the trial was quickly dubbed a mistrial and a new one was ordered to be held in Finley, Ohio, 125 miles away. This trial began in June of 1974 and brought with it witnesses who saw him target practicing on the eve of the murders, as well as the chat he had with the employee about the problems he needed to solve. This showed premeditation, and James was sentenced to 11 consecutive life sentences. However, while this was his second trial, it was not the last. James Rupert was retried again due to an appeal in 1982, and his lawyers worked hard to prove their client's insanity. Personally funding expert psychiatrists and psychologists whom he flew in from all over the country. On July 23, 1982, a three-judge panel found James guilty again, but not for all of the murders he was charged with. Instead, they found him guilty of two counts of first-degree murder for the deaths of his mother and brother, but not guilty by reason of insanity for the other nine counts. He received one life sentence for each and, as of December 2019, is housed at the Franklin Medical Center in Columbus, Ohio having been denied parole in 1995 and 2015. His next parole hearing will happen in February of 2025 when he is 90 years old. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on March 31st. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just trying to sh- or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe.